Welcome in to Potty Pod Football. I am Dan. With me as always is Andy. And we're coming after week six of the NFL season. A lot of good games. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch a ton. I was out of town. I was in New York this weekend for a friend's birthday. So I didn't get to watch a ton of games. Got to watch the end of a great one because I flew in last night for Cowboys Chargers. Um, that was, I mean, mo- Monday and Thursday night footballs have not football games have not been very good this year and kind of in general, but that was, that one came down to the wire. Um, It was great because they kind of showed this one fan that was like losing their mind. The Chargers fan was like losing their mind back and forth uh, about to have a heart attack. Do you see her? Oh my God, that was (laughs) so funny. That was hilarious. Yeah, that's going to be funny (laughs) when she goes to work today and like everyone saw saw her the whole time, but (laughs) this was a, a low scoring week. Like just in general, a very low scoring Week this of football, was, and, and, and it's not opposite, contrary to what you just said. But but this was a good week for red zone football, not because so much scoring, but because the games were not fun. Yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of bad football, yeah, not bad, just boring, slow football games. Well, and injuries. you know what I mean. A lot of big injuries this week too. A lot of injuries, bad injuries. Yeah. Uh, well, let me. I think you said it better. Injuries to important people. Yeah, uh, I don't think they're all out for the season like some injury. It wasn't wasn't a lot of ACLs, but we got a lot of bruised ribs and oblique injuries and shoulder pains and things that are you know they'll be fine in yeah. a couple of weeks, especially after a bye week for some of them. But I mean, they were critical. I mean, you lost Tannehill, you lost to you got an injury to Trevor Lawrence, and then you lost Anthony Richardson for the season. So the AFC South lost three quarterbacks almost. Yeah, uh, yet to find out if Lawrence will actually miss a game, though. Yeah, uh, I, I saw him with a knee brace leaving the uh, the stadium. I mean, it could be preventative, yeah. and he said he's going to get that checked out today, uh, or I think he was going to get it checked MRI. out yesterday. So, yeah, it's it's never good when you're getting an MRI on a knee for a quarterback. Uh, so yeah, he, he could be he could be fine, but that worries me. It could be a contusion uh, or something like that, which is just sore and it's pain management, but. Sure. Nothing too and bad. They play this week, though. I think, right? Yeah. So they don't have a. They don't have a. In fact, they play yeah. Thursday night, don't they? Uh, I think, I think they're the Thursday night see. game this week. Yeah. So they have a quick turnaround. Oof. Uh, yeah. So uh, and then Chris, Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Debo Samuel's went out. Uh, um, the Vikings. Somebody. Uh, Justin Fields went down. Marcus Davenport uh, was carted off the Davenport. locker. Um, yeah. For the Buffalo yeah. Bills, a scary one. Damian Harris, who yeah, yeah got yeah. Uh, was laid out. I had to put him on a board and got him out of there for a neck injury. They said it's just a neck sprain, so he, they think he'll be fine. But that's that's pretty scary. That sounds scary already. Yeah, neck sprain. Oof. And then, of course, Justin <laughs> Fields uh, in the third quarter of the game suffered a dislocated thumb. He's gonna have an MRI Monday. But still, the Vikings couldn't beat them. Still, the stupid Vikings were one of my solid picks. They are so bad, Andy. They're so <laughs> bad. It's funny because last year they had all these, they had all these wins, and they looked so good. But they were barely winning games at the end, and a lot of it was the other teams kind of losing the game more than the Vikings winning. And now Justin Jefferson is out, and they used to be able to just like bomb it to him constantly. And with him out. They can't do things, and he's going to. I mean, he's on IR. They're going to have a rough yeah. schedule ahead of them. 
I have to actually see what they've got. But without him, if you can't beat the Bears, I know. Boy, you got to be pretty nervous right now. And why not? I mean, you know, you're not going with Kirk Cousins anymore. Why not just trade him? Oh my God. They got the 49ers next week, then the Packers, then Falcons. And then maybe he comes back for the Saints, although I think they have a buy in between. They do not. You know, it's just, it's how GMs build a team. And some teams like the Vikings were just not even built for a teardown. <laughs> like, because yeah. they didn't have good draft picks. You know what I mean? So they're, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're in a little trouble. Uh, they're going to have to figure out what to do with them quick. I, I will be very shocked if he's a Viking next year. Yeah. I, um, I tell you, very, if I'm the very, Falcons, very I am swim fanning and blowing up the Vikings GM's phone trying to get him down there because Desmond Ritter is doo-doo. And if they had a good quarterback, that is a team that's built to do a lot of I things. Mean, you say he's doo-doo, but, uh, and he may be. But, uh, in fact, I, I tend to think you are correct. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, he comes out and then he had that amazing game versus the Texans, which, to be fair, they are a good it, it, it wasn't amazing. Like he looked, he did look good. He did look confident. And while the Texans are improving, they're not a great defense, and they've got a lot of injuries on the secondary. So like Derek yeah. Stingley wasn't playing, and so he comes out and plays the Commanders, two touchdowns, three interceptions. I mean, that's he's not good. He's just not good. He might be a backup in the league for a while, and maybe in three years he'll be a competent backup. But he's just not. That's there is too much talent on that team for them to be this bad. For them to just not be able to I mean, they don't score any points. They don't. And they're three and three, so I mean Bijan can't run. They just stack the box and say you're gonna have to we're gonna gonna make Ritter throw on us. But they're gonna win at least three more games. Like at least. Uh they're three and three right now. Yeah. Uh and that's just gonna doom them to not being able to draft a good quarterback. Uh, without giving up the farm. So you're right. I mean, trading for Kirk Cousins makes all the sense in the world. But uh, but just to go over a few more of them, because we got sidetracked there, we also got injuries to Jimmy Garoppolo, yep. who went out with a back injury. Baker Mayfield got hurt. David Montgomery got hurt. <laughs> uh, he had to get uh, x-rays uh, on his ribs. Kieran Williams got hurt with an ankle injury, which is really scary. Yeah. Um, you know, for a running back. Um and then uh, Tyreek got hurt for a little bit, but they needed to come back in for a little bit. So, uh, oh, and Lane Johnson. Fine. That's a big one for the Eagles. That Eagles That's offensive right. line is starting to get nicked up, and Lane Johnson's one of the best right tackles in the league. That's a big one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, oh, and Garrett Wilson went out twice. <laughs> uh, he went out, came back in, ended up doing really well, and then left it back off again. So yeah. That- and then Montez Sweat for the foul, uh, for the Commanders is another big one. DK Metcalf got injured. Brandon Scherf got injured. Yeah, there's there's a like Xavier Howard got injured. Ryan Tannehill. So, yeah, this was, yeah, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Tannehill, oh, do we? Okay. Yeah. Tannehill, Lawrence, and Anthony Richardson all. Oh yeah, that's right. Texans, you didn't say that. Texans yeah. have the lone standing quarterback at this moment, but but I will say, and you and I have talked about this more than once. Gardner Minshew is better for the Colts than Anthony Richardson for this year. Yeah, and they're so, planning so, on – and Ursay came out and said, we don't think Anthony Richardson will play the rest of the year, which is probably the right thing. They need to they need to give him yeah, more weapons and more support um, to be able to do that. 
But yeah, let's get but into some of the totals, so. yeah. yeah. Let's get into some of the games starting with Thursday night Broncos at the Chiefs. Broncos getting 11 whopping points, the over under 47. I took the Broncos and under, you took Chiefs and over. I don't like the Chiefs offense is not good. Like they cannot do anything. The this this is the Broncos are the worst defense in the NFL and by a historical margin so far and the Chiefs only put up 19. They end up winning the game 19 to 8 cuz the Chiefs defense luckily is really good right now. Uh but boy, if you're the Chiefs, you got to be nervous that you're having this kind yeah. of game. You made it one of your solid picks. So the spread was 11. The uh, actual spread ended up being 11, so this was a push and the total score yeah. was 27, so it was under. So um I had Broncos under, you had Chiefs and over. We both got the push on the spread and then I got the over under. But this is this was a bad game. Mahomes, I, I mean... Okay, this is what I got to say about Mahomes from watching that. Yeah. So, uh, more, let me rephrase that. I watched more than I should have. <laughs> uh, he was 30 for 40. Yeah. Great stats. 306 yards, awesome. Touchdown, a pick. Doesn't sound that horrible. But there were more than one play. There was There, was, there were probably four key plays I saw where he botched it. Yeah. And like it was on it appeared to be on Mahomes. Yeah. Um, so that was that's where I'd be worried as a Chiefs fan. I mean, obviously he's not gonna regress to suddenly being a terrible quarterback or anything like that, but you do always have those questions. Like we had it with, with Brady and we had it with a certain quarterback and Peyton Manning. You're you're always like, Well, he's always had this support system that's like Andy Reid, the best tight end in football, <laughs> usually a good running back, Tyreek Hill, who we see now makes Tua look amazing. And then you're like, all right, so now he's got to do it without, without elite weapons. He's got to make, he's got to bring the weapons around him up dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we've seen happen with, you know, we, bad quarterbacks get that same cop out, right? Like, well, you know, Jared Goff didn't have anything around him. This guy doesn't have anything around him. Uh, well, you're seeing Mahomes standing around him, and it's not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, and he still has Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and it's still not pretty. Yeah, so the receivers are young. The receivers are young and need to learn. I think Rasheed Rice is gonna be really good. You were much higher on him coming into the draft than I was. I thought yeah. he'd be good, but would need time to get better. I thought it might take him like at least two years, just coming from SMU. Um, he was four for seventy-two. For this game, I think he's going to be really good, but it's going to need time. I am done with Sky Moore. I don't think he's going to be. I I, I don't think he's going to be very good. Although I liked him coming out of college, uh, they just they yeah. don't have. Same with Justin Ross. I'm I'm not as I wasn't nearly as high as a lot of other people. You know, I know he had a decent camp, but I just don't think Justin Ross is the type of receiver that's going to work in the system. I think they need to take the top off, blazing fast receiver. So, so Mahomes I mean, can Sky hit. Moore was supposed to be that guy. He, he was supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's, and then he's Tony, not looking like it. Tony was supposed to. But man, he that guy has so many drops. He was three for six uh, targets in this game. But he is just... I, I kept. He's so crazy athletic. And I kept waiting for him to kind of figure it out. And this seems like if you can't produce here, especially for Kadarius Tony's like, skill set... I don't know what what else you're gonna do. I mean, he had a touchdown in this game, but he was three for nine yards. That's a, that's yeah, an issue. Was, yeah, it really was. And I mean, it's weird because like you saw this amazing season he had, half season 
he had with the Giants before he got traded for, mm-hmm. you know, fighting him, fighting his own teammates. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he looked like he looked elite. Then he came. Then he came to Kansas City. He had to learn the system for you know four or five games, and they had a bye week. And then they and then the last couple games of the season, Mahomes starts realizing what a red zone target he is, and he's just tearing it up. But uh, when I say tearing it up, he's tearing it up in the red zone. He's getting like. Three catches a game, but two touchdowns. <laughs> like the last three, four but games. But they can't get to the red and zone then, even now. Yeah, now just just nothingness. So yeah. I don't know if it was losing McCole Hardman that that just crushed him, and and I think it was because McCole Hardman was that speedster last year that could make up for somewhat for Tyree Kill being gone. Now Hardman's gone, and I think they brought in was it uh, Scantling? Yeah, they brought in Scantling. Well, I, take, Scantling, yeah. I, I think the biggest issue is not on the field um it's on the staff and it's eric b had trouble getting a head coaching job because he was the offensive coordinator a lot of people like well anyone can be offensive coordinator for the patrick mahomes and the chiefs yeah well he moved to the commanders and while they're playing fantastic well i mean the they're (laughs) offensively i mean their offensive line is really their achilles heel but they've got a lot of things going on sam howell's a new quarterback and they're playing pretty. I mean, they're playing pretty well. They got some stuff to iron out. I don't think Ron. I think they need to move on from Ron Rivera. But Bienemy has done much. He's improved that offense greatly from last year to this mm-hmm. year. And I think that might be the issue. And so keep your eye on him to get some coaching opportunities um, in this off season. I would love to see him go to the Chargers because there's no way Brandon Staley's staying. I would love to see Eric Bienemy go there or some kind of offensive guru because. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in Washington if they do let Rivera go and becomes the head coach. I'd be good with that. I would actually be very I, I, good with that. that. That's, in my opinion, that's probably where they're going to go. And I bet he will be loyal to them since, I mean, you and I heard, I mean, he, he had what, like 12 major head coaching interviews within two, two and a half years. Yeah. And no one brought him in for a second interview. Yeah. Because he was supposedly that bad at interviews. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So. I, I mean, I think NFL is a business. You know, we t- you know we always like have that argument about like should the players be loyal? Why aren't the coaches loyal to the player? Like, there's no loyalty. It's but business, yeah. I kind of feel like the enemy should be a little loyal. <laughs> like nobody would give you a shot anywhere. You come there, you're doing great. Now the head opening coach so position is probably going to open up. Stay there. Yeah, you don't have happen. to move. You know the players. You've got yeah, you have skill there. position players all over. You just need to improve that offensive line. Well, and that secondary because those two picks you had this year were just abysmal. Yeah, and just like I say about good young quarterbacks, uh, like like Stroud will get the benefit next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Howell is going to get the benefit of free agents being willing to come there now because one, they're getting a new uniform and a new team name. Yeah, don't I'm excited about think that. for a second. I hope they keep the colors the though. I hope they keep the same. Yeah. That's a great color scheme. I, I, I do too, but don't think for a second the players won't be excited about new unis. <laughs> and then, uh, but they, they've got a franchise quarterback who's tearing it up offensively, and they're just missing a few key. They're going to have a lot of cap room, and they just need a few key positions to really ramp that team up dramatically. One yeah. more corner, one more tackle, and a guard, and they're they're off to the races, man. Um, so yeah, I think I think they're going to be fun to watch next year, but. Uh, Good for Bienemy, uh, but we should move on to the next game here. Cause, yeah, because that was uh, we went on the Bienemy train. Well, and that was a doo doo <laughs> game. Next is Ravens at the Titans. Titans getting four and a half. Over under is forty and a half. Uh, we both took the Ravens on this one. I took under. You took over. 
and we both made mm-hmm. this solid picks. We were both right about the Ravens. The final score, they end up winning 24 to 16 and kind of an ugly game. And then so the actual spread, the Titans would have needed eight points. Total score is 40. So it was just a half a point under, which gave me the the edge on that for the over-under. This is, like we said earlier, Ryan Tannehill went out in the game. Malik Willis comes but, in. Four for five for 74. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> I know you didn't get to see this. No, game. I didn't get to see you. it. Let me just warn you. He was absolute doo-doo. Yeah. <laughs> so the stats lie right here. He four for five, 74 yards. Yay. Uh, he actually had a couple uh, yards uh, rushing around, too. Here's the thing. He took four sacks in 10 plays. <laughs> uh, I mean, and they were mainly that's, on him. Okay. He was making horrible mistakes trying to run the ball when he shouldn't have been trying to run the ball. Yeah. He should have been trying to uh, take a couple steps up in the pocket and, and completing a short pass. Yeah. But instead, he tries to scramble again, which is what he got in trouble for before. Then he, <laughs> they're trying to stop the clock. They only have a minute left. And he's. Running the ball, he's got it free lane out of bounds. Then he tries to scramble back inside on two different occasions, gets sacked, and the clock runs out. Uh, <laughs> he made the stupidest plays. Uh, he's going to be bad. Oh, yeah. They, well, they've already and, moved on from him because yeah, they went out and got yeah. Will Levis. I also think it's interesting that the, Malik Willis started instead of Will Levis this game. Uh, there, you, you would Levis is due to work. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. That GM's gonna. I tell you what. I don't know how you keep a job if your GM gets right? two quarterbacks in two years and neither of them can can take the field. Um, and that's bad. Riddle me this: How does Taji Spears get so little game time and an offense that bad? He's the bright young spot they got on that team. The dude continually looks amazing. He caught like a twelve yard pass that he turned into a forty eight yard pass. He got uh, four. He only had four carries for 15 yards, and now I get that he didn't get a ton of carries because they were playing. Well, but nobody, lot, but, but nobody did. God. Andy, they only had 19 uh, rushing attempts, including Derrick Henry and Malik Willis. Like, I mean, if you take Malik Willis out, maybe they're design runs, but I don't think they are. Yeah, that's 16. Yeah. This is a this is a run heavy team that had 16 rushes. That's terrible, and yeah. it's not like they weren't being able to produce. Derrick Henry was averaging over eight yards a carry and got a touchdown. So I don't know what the yeah. game plan is. It's play bad play calling and a bad GM. Yeah, yeah they got to. They need to clean house. They need to get. They need to dump Tannehill if he's not already a free agent next year. I he think is. This is the last be. year of his contract. They should, yeah, yeah, they should try they, and trade him out and see if they can get anything <laughs> from Malik Willis. Oh, they need to dump DeAndre Hot Dropkins, as he's now called <laughs> uh, after that game. Oh my God! Five, uh, one, catch one catch for five, five targets. targets. Yeah, yeah, they need to. They need, they just need to move on from everything. And I'm really not kidding. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but they need they need to purge that team, purge the coaches, get rid of the GM, rebuild, not a reboot, not reload, just total rebuild. Uh, that's the only thing they can do at this point. Yeah, especially with all the young quarterbacks in the league. If if Anthony Richardson comes back healthy, you got Trevor Lawrence dominating right now. CJ Stroud looks scary. Uh, you ain't it. <laughs> you could probably get you could probably get a decent amount for Derrick Henry. Like, there's a lot. There's a ton of running back injuries if this you year. Could get anything. You could Do get it. a good amount for Derrick Henry to some teams that are. I mean, I bet you the Bills would give you a nice chunk of change. Uh, and and for and Derrick Henry, got Hassan Haskins and Taji Spears. Yeah, like it's not like you're going to be devoid of talent at running back if you do trade him. 
Uh, and it's not like he's going to be good for the next five years and he's the future of your team. Yeah. <laughs> None of these are true. They don't have, <laughs> on offense, they don't have any, like, maybe Tajay Spears. He looks pretty good. Uh, and maybe Hassan Haskins. I'd like to see him play him a little more. But other than that and Skoronsky, they don't have anything on offense that is for the future. Yeah, they've got, I, I would say, I would say Tajay Spears and Akonkwo are the only thing, are the only pieces I would care about keeping on that team. Skoronsky too. Skoronsky is going to be amazing. Uh, Skor- well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was counting the line. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if you had Well, but the whole line, line other than Skoronsky needs to be replaced. <clears throat> no, you're right. I mean, yeah, the lots have to be done. So you're going to need to bring a new yeah. line coach, a head coach that can game plan for a decent team minus an O-line. <laughs> you know what I mean? With a bad O-line, there's coaches who know how to do that. You know, you, you got to find something that's going to make sense. And just know that this next season coming up is going to be a throwaway Yeah. Uh, as you collect draft picks and build for the future. It's gonna, yeah, but, it's going to um, be a two-year tank for this thing. Um, let's yeah. move to the other side and talk about the Ravens. I if, there has right. got to be someone else other than Mark Andrews that can start catching the ball. Like it, it's there are so many drops all season for this offense, and it's it's too bad. There's mm-hmm. been the injuries. I mean, Obel, uh, Beck, Odell Beckham got hurt. J.K. Dobbins, of course, gets hurt. Um, Rashad Bateman's been hurt. It, it's they don't have any juice on this team other than Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. And I know you still don't like Lamar Jackson. You even text me like. He still can't throw or something like that. Like you decided <laughs> yeah, yeah. on that like five years ago and just will not let it up. Lamar Jackson can't throw. He's his team. I mean, he is hitting guys in the he's hands. Still, I've never seen him prove it. He's been hitting guys in the hands and they're just dropping it. It's so bad. The thing is, he he can make short throws, and that's where he's. They're getting why they keep getting beat is the only time they have legitimate offensive movement is one. Lamar Jackson runs the ball. Or two, like in the case of this game, uh, Odell Beckham and I think it was Zay Flowers both had some. Oh, and Al Galore. All three had catches that were five-yard little dump-offs, but they managed to make two, three different people miss and made it, you know, 20-yard gains, which is great, but that wasn't the game plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was that's not how that play was drawn up. They just had amazing athleticism out of a couple of their receivers. But... I, he can't stretch the field with a deep, accurate pass. He, he just can't. I've and seen him so, do it. I mean, I've seen him do it. He's done it. I mean, I've for a I've few seen, years. I've seen Case Keenum do it. That doesn't mean I. He's an amazing passer of the football, and I want him. To, I don't. I, I don't love it. I don't. I don't that, love the I offense mean, that you I've can seen be wrong. That's out cool. of Lamar Jackson this year. Yeah, it's, you're it's just not exciting. You're just, and this happens. I mean, oh, I've done it too, where you just get, you just get this mindset on a player, and it's hard to break that mindset for them. And they almost have to be a Superman to like get away from that. But I, I, I'd accept just two 30 yard passes a game or, or attempts at least that are accurate. And they had a chance, but they drew a PI or something. Just give me two good looking deep balls a game for two, three games in a row. And I'll be excited. All right. But, but any deep passes he's ever had or long, any passes of significant yardage he's ever had has been a short dump off that turned into something big because of a receiver. It's just very rarely that I see him make pretty deep passes. That's all I worry about. All right. Moving on, the Commanders at the Falcons. The Commanders are getting 2.5. The over-under is 42.5. We both took the Commanders and over on this one. Uh, I was actually thinking this will be a pretty good game. It looks like it came down right to it. And uh, these are two very kind of similar teams that are starting to, that have been bad lately and are starting to reset, uh, both having... Brand new second year quarterbacks. 
One looks like they are fresh doo doo, and the other one, I, I, I was very high on Sam Howell going into the draft. Um, yeah, you were. I couldn't believe he went to the fifth round. I wanted the Texans to have taken him, although I'm glad now it worked out that we got Stroud. It's mm-hmm. and it's still going to take Sam Howell some time. I kind of prefaced this earlier in the season. He had to play a lot of hero ball his last year in college, and I think he's still having trouble trying to break out of that. Now he's had he had um, yardage wise not a great game, fourteen for twenty three and one fifty one, but three touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, he's it's efficient, and that, then, that's efficient management of the football. Yeah, <laughs> and they've got I mean they've got talent. Terry McLaurin six for eighty one, uh, Brian Robinson boy. I'm glad to see him doing well. We both liked him coming out last year. Then, of course, he got shot, and so didn't get to start the season. <laughs> he got shot, shot in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't just get shot. He is a running back. You kind of yeah. need that butt to push off of. Yeah. 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 And, and he can't even get a good tush push without some yeah. <laughs> But he is doing, I mean, this is just a tough offensive line to run behind. 10 for 31 is not great, but then 2 for 25 and a touchdown through the air. Um, Antonio Gibson even got involved one for one for one. So one. Holy smokes. Yeah. yeah. You know, though, but uh, what I liked about Sam Howell in this game isn't, I mean, you're right. The yardage didn't blow your minds. Right. But what happened is the Falcons, the last three games, uh, and we got to see it watching the Texans the other game is they've decided we're going to take away the deep ball. Yeah. Um, we're going to take away any, any chance for you being, uh, getting a deep ball and we're going to make you, play efficient, perfect football in the middle of the field. Otherwise, we're going to capitalize on those rookie mistakes that most people make. And, I mean, this is Howell's first year actually really playing, you know. So, yeah. uh, same with Stroud. And in both situations, it, it didn't work as well as they wanted to, <laughs> uh, especially Howell. So, you're right, only 150 yards, but three touchdowns, no picks. He took some sacks. He took a lot of sacks. But, uh, yeah, yeah, again, I that he offensive did a really line. good job. Yeah, it's a good defense. I thought he did, did a really good job against that defense. And you know, he's uh, he when he plays offenses or defenses that give you a little more, play a little one on one. We've seen this year already where he'll get 350 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, the dude, Howell's electric. I really like Howell. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, this guy really next year. I want to see yeah. them build a team around this guy, and I'm excited to see how that works out. Agreed. On the other side, like we said, Desmond are very bad. 28 for 47. Three hundred seven <laughs> yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, I cannot figure out. I mean, the, th- the problem is they can't use Bijan like they would like to because Desmond Ritter's so bad. People just stock the stack the box and say, "Look, we're going to make Ritter beat us," and so they're going to they might get a few points here and there. They kind of get away from them, and but they're having to use every once in a while they get a dump off to a talented tight end, Kyle Pitts, Jonu Smith, Drake London has been great. Nine for one twenty five for him. Uh, but Bijan yeah. cannot do anything on the ground. Thirteen for thirty-seven. He is not that. Which bad. is odd. He's he, not that, that well, bad of a runner. They're having to do it through the. He's having to do it through the air. He's five for forty-three through the air, and that's kind of how he's getting all of his is. touchdowns. But but the Falcons, and I said this last week too, their interior D line is really good. Uh, they have really good interior D line, so it makes sense that he has to get outside to run the ball against this specific team. But I mean, you're right. As far as the whole season alone, like they got to do better. <laughs> they got to do better to help this dude run. Because uh, now I think it. I think they will, because Drake London's gotten involved two weeks in a row now, and Kyle Pitts has gotten involved in the passing game two weeks in a row now. 
So defenses are going to start having a game plan to deal with the passing game for once. Yeah. And I think when you when they play a lesser interior D line, which most teams are lesser <laughs> than the Falcons and a few other teams, uh, I think they're going to. I think you're going to see an explosion over the next couple of weeks for Bijan. Yeah, I really do. I think I think I think his time's coming. Really. Soon. Well, I mean, until I hope so, but until that, the thing is, it's not like he doesn't look good when he runs. It's just he's having to fight people in the back. In the backfield because they just stacked the box. It, it doesn't matter so bad. But that's what I'm saying. If if Drake Lynn and Kyle Pitts keep playing like this, yeah, they're gonna they're not gonna be stacking the box anymore. Is what I'm saying. So we've got two I, games in a row now. I disagree. Where had a- I disagree because look. I mean, look. You can let them get. You only have to score twenty points on this team to win. Mm, yeah, yeah. Lately, that's true. Yeah, I mean, they scored. Let's see, 24 against the Panthers, but Panthers now we know are, are god-awful. They got 25 against Packers, okay. Six against the Lions, seven against the Jaguars, 21 against the Texans. So, yeah, if you score if you score about 21 points, you can probably beat this team. And you kind of let Desmond Ritter make mistakes. I would still do that. I would still stack the box. And, like, look, Desmond Ritter's going to throw three interceptions. We just have to capitalize on it. <laughs> yeah, you really, Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Let, let's That's move on to the next one. Another doo-doo game. Panthers at the Dolphins. Oh, whopping 13.5 points. Uh, over-under is 48.5. We both took Dolphins and under on this one. You made it a solid pick, which is pretty smart. Uh, yeah. Dolphins end up shellacking in 42-21. to 21. The Panthers would need a 21 points to cover. Total was 63, so the under was not a good idea. I just I didn't expect as many garbage time points from the Panthers. But Adam Thielen is cannot be stopped man he he is their go-to guy yeah yeah hooked on a feeling yeah uh, no he's doing he's doing great and i thought you know when so when when bryce young got injured and uh, who was it that came in uh andy dalton uh andy dalton thank you uh that's when Thielen took off dalton started just airing it out to Thielen. he's getting touchdowns and i was like okay this is a vet leaning on a vet Mm -hmm. you know what i mean And, and when bryce young comes back Bryce Young's got his own style, and that's going to be spreading the ball out a little bit more, unlike Dalton. And, and I expected Thielen's numbers to drop back off a bit. Yeah. Um, and you saw that, like, when Jameis Winston would come in and, and for the Bucks, uh, O.J. Howard was having career years. And then he'd get injured, and Brian Fitzpatrick would come in, and then that other guy, Cameron Brait, <laughs> would have a career. You, you know, And, and O.J. Howard would drop to nothing. People just have their receivers, you know, and, and so I thought it would drop back. But – Man, Bryce, maybe Bryce just getting to see Thielen in that system went, oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's where I should be going with the ball yeah. <laughs> more often and really giving this guy a little bit more credit and uh, instead of trying to force a relationship with John, Jonathan Mingo here. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool to see. I thought there were I, – I saw a little bit of this game. I mean, they w- they went up like I want to say fourteen to zero early. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And they didn't and, score again until the fourth quarter. <laughs> no, they did not. And uh, but when Bryce was playing well, like th- he did look like he was playing a little better than I'd seen before. Yeah. Uh, at the, in that first quarter, like I was seeing him make a little bit quicker decisions, and which he needs to. And he was uh, he was throwing people open a little bit more than I seen before. But then, you know just reverted back to normal for the next three quarters. And the Dolphins are a good defense, but Xavier Howard was hurt. <laughs> uh, and I I was just really shocked to see them not be able to keep it going a little bit. Like, 
even just three points in the second or third to keep it <laughs> keep it going a little bit. But uh, they just couldn't do anything. Yeah. And the Dolphins, without Devon Achain, who just went on IR, um, and and Tyree Kill got hurt and came out for a bit, uh, still just shellacked them. And uh, Raheem Mostert, 115 yards, two touchdowns uh, on the ground. Yeah, another one through Jesus. the air. Yeah, another one through the air. Uh, Tyreek Hill got six catches for 163 yards. Jalen Waddle, seven for 51 in the touchdown. Now, yeah. I got to ask you this because I heard somebody talking about this on the radio yesterday. And, and, and I hadn't even thought about this yet. But there hasn't been an elite quarterback really this year that we've been watching. Uh, that's just, you know, sticking out head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, do you think Terry Kill has a chance to be player of the year? Uh, yeah, uh, I could see him being an MVP. Yeah, I could. Yeah. I, that's the thing is there's a few. Boy, I don't know how you don't throw Micah Parsons in that. Yeah, well, because they're losing too much. <laughs> uh, the Dolphins are, are, are winning it. And, yeah. I mean, Tyreek Hill is almost – it, especially with Devon Chain out, like it makes it easier for Tyreek Hill to, to be the standout. I mean, but um, really, Mostert is taking up the Devon Chain roles. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, so yeah, so Tyreek Hill is definitely. Well, I mean, Chain was getting that. You know, like I think he was like on clip for like a a touchdown every twelve carries. Yeah, <laughs> four games in, we're like that can't keep up, but it did. <laughs> uh, but. I, I guess I'm just saying right now, I mean, there's more, even more focus on, no, this is Tyree Kill's show. Um, I would have said Christian McCaffrey up there, too. Yeah, but, uh, depending on how long that injury. That's a good one, too. Yeah, it feels like one of the first years in a long time you could potentially see a non-QB MVP, uh, except for the piece of news everybody saw today, which was that uh, Aaron Rodgers is throwing the football. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's wild. <laughs> If he comes back, well, he won't then, be back yeah. till week fourteen. They said at the earliest. If the, oh god, okay. I mean, he might be able to get comeback player of the year in the same yeah. year. Usually, it's your you yeah, know something's yeah. the year before, and then you come back. But he might be able to get comeback player of the year in the same <laughs> year, which would be wild. Yeah, I could see someone else other than a quarterback because there's not really been anybody that yeah, has no, been sticking no out. I mean, I'll tell you. I, <laughs> This is just going to be homerism. If the Texans are able to pull off another six wins, I can see Stroud having a shot. But I think he's more he, in line for rookie. Yeah, because uh, he you can't you do know. that just throwing two touchdowns every game. That's a good point. That's a good point. Even if you manage and win, it's more a head coaching. Yeah, because that's job. who he is. Is he's about three hundred yards between two about two seventy five and two touchdowns with zero interceptions every game. That's what that's his. I mean, he doesn't fluctuate too far off of that, which is awesome for a rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it's yeah. not most val- – I wouldn't say most valuable player. But, right. I, yeah, rookie, Actually, offensive yeah. rookie of the year, I would say he's probably the leader. Uh, All right. Let's well, move on to a, more sadness. Vikings at the Bears. Bears getting two and a half over under is 44 and a half. I took the Bears in over. I thought they might no. be able to win this one. <laughs> the Vikings. The Vikings are just bad. And it's not like either of these teams were good. Um, I just thought who picks the Bears. Do what? <laughs> I said, but who picks the Bears? Well, against this Vikings defense, <laughs> I would. The Bears are able to run the, the ball uh, with their quarterback and their and their arsenal of running backs. Although a lot of them were injured this week, uh, and with Justin Jefferson out, and we saw that that really became an issue with this. Uh, I'll continue saying mm-hmm. you took Vikings and under. I made this one of my solid picks. The uh, final score of this was nineteen. To thirteen, the Vikings win, 
in a very Hard close minutes. game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they would have needed six points instead of the two and a half they got. Total score was 32, so it was under, so I didn't even get that one. But the Vikings are bad. They should trade Kirk Cousins and try to tank the team as quick as possible. If you could trade Alexander Madison, if anyone would take anything for him because he's not good, maybe do that as well. Um, I mean, they got they – got, it's weird. They've got some insane pieces, though. Like, I mean, Justin Jefferson, and I really like KJ Osborne, but I do uh, Jordan Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, like th- those playmakers, Christian Darisaw, are phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Christian Darisaw. So yeah, they they've got pieces. I don't think they necessarily need to to do a total rebuild, you know, tank and and tear down the team, but they have to make some sweeping changes. And they're moving on uh, from Kirk Cousins this after this season anyway. This is the last year of his contract, yeah. which is fully guaranteed. So they're probably moving on yeah. anyway. I do like Jaron Hall, who they got in the fifth round out of BYU. I think he probably mm-hmm. needs to sit two years instead of one. Uh, but that is a possibility. But yeah, I I mean they're bad enough. And this is a class this is a this is this draft class coming up is going to it is it is going to change the landscape of the NFL for the next 10 years because of the quality of uh, prospects that are coming out of it, especially quarterback. There's about I don't disagree. three quarterback. I think there's about five that are five to six that are that you could look at, but I think three will probably end up being very, very, very good. Yes, I I agree with you, and yeah, I, I agree with you. Bryce Young, I think, still has a chance. Anthony Richardson, I think, has a chance. So, yeah, there's a good there's a good chance that in about two years, there's nothing but fresh faces in that top ten. But, I mean, a lot of them are going to come from next year. I mean, not just the quarterbacks, but just yeah, talent yeah. overall. And so if I can if I can load up on picks for this next draft class, I, I, I would try to do it, especially if they're, what, the Vikings are two and four? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, and I mean, I would – so to me, this is the draft class that if you don't need a quarterback – Having multiple picks is, oh, my God. You're going to have top 10 caliber players falling to pick 17, 18. You know what I mean? Just because just because of the quarterbacks all going first uh, and pushing some of the really good talent up up the board further. Yeah. So if you, get, if you can get two mid-round, first-round picks somehow and you don't need a quarterback, oh, man, that's a team builder right there. <laughs> yeah, Andy, they had 220 total yards against the Bears. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not good. I mean, need... this team is very but, self-reliant on Justin Jefferson, and that's not – that's bad. Well, I mean, and that's... Kirk's been good. It's yeah. just that O-line is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, they – they. you would think that if they could build a better O-line around them, they, they'd be just fine, but their defense is awful too. So, yeah, they they got to make some sweeping changes. So yeah. Their coach is a defensive-minded coach. Kirk, I believe who the Vikings? Oh, no, no, no. No. no, 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 never mind, never mind. Is, is it what's it? It's not Staley, no, it's um, who, Kevin O'Connell, coach? yeah, Kevin, Kevin, O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell, yeah, yeah he's yeah. offensive. Now, the Bears, uh, Matt Eberflus is a defensive minded coach, yeah, no, I was talking about the Vikes, yeah, but uh, but but he is he from the Sean McVay tree, Kevin O'Connell, yeah, uh, I believe so, like yeah, is. yeah, okay, uh, yeah, all right, well, we'll see some big changes next year because that God knows they need them, but uh, yeah. Uh, big news basically coming out of this because the the teams don't matter 
is uh, Justin Fields got injured. Six for 10 with for 58 yards and interception before getting hurt. I mean, that's through three quarters. He went out in the third quarter, and he was six for 10 for 58 yards and interception. That's rough. Uh, and then ran yeah. eight for 46. And then Tyson ba- Badgett, I don't ever – did you? I've never even heard of that guy. Have you? I haven't either. I, I, I had never heard the name. He's I 23, 6'3", 215, went to Shepherd College. That's why I've never heard his name before. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And he he came in before over Nathan Nathan Peterman. That's got a yikes. That's got to hurt. Um, <laughs> oh, Peterman's the worst thing. In- <laughs> apparently, uh, he's a genius, but just can't chance? perform. Like apparently, he's one of the smartest quarterbacks, but just cannot perform. He okay, might be the uh, Dan Orlovsky of I this feel generation. Like that's an important part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. He's the- yeah. yeah, well, that's all the time I want to spend on that one. Although we did have a prop bet, Jordan Addison, over or under 85 yards. I thought they were just going to unload on him. He only got 28 receiving yards, Andy. Yeah, I wondered if that would happen just because K.J. Osborne is uh, would be the probably target being the relationship they had. But uh, it was more T.J. Hawkinson. Well, it was a mixture of T.J. Hawkinson and K.J. Osborne. I mean, but Hawkinson was the man with eight targets, but and then five for Osborne and Addison each. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. that was ugly. Well, yeah, spread it around. Yeah. yeah. Also, I don't know if we, I don't think we mentioned this during the Commanders and Falcons, but we had another prop bet of Bijan Robinson over or under half a touchdown. So basically, if he got a touchdown, you won. If he didn't, I won. He got no touchdown, so I won that one. I thought he did. I thought he got a receiving touchdown, but it turns out he did not. Gross. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on See. and never talk about that game again. Moving on to See. Seahawks at the Bengals. Seahawks getting three points over unders 45. We both took the Seahawks and over. But neither of us wanted to bet this game uh, because this these are two interesting teams this year who are kind of well, they're both underperforming from what they did last year. Some of some of it being injuries on the Seattle side, offensive lines, both their tackles being injured on the Bengals. Joe Burrow, their quarterback, being injured. Although he's looking like he's back and playing pretty good. Devin Weatherspoon is awesome. Like he, Devin Weatherspoon is up for Defensive Rookie of the Year, I think. He might be should be yeah. He might be the leader right now because he looks so so good. I think Christian Gonzalez it, would have given him a run been. for his money if he didn't get injured. Yeah, no, it it would have been it would have been Gonzalez if yeah if that injury hadn't happened in my opinion. But yeah, still still incredible player. And then uh, I gotta say I haven't been able to see much from Tariq Woolen. He I think he was hurt a couple games. But, yeah, he's been nicked uh, up. He hasn't been playing at the clip he was before though. Yeah, he's injured. He's I'm been battling good. injuries. Yeah. I think almost since before like since camp. So, yeah, that might have something to do with it. And the the Seahawks in general just seem to kind of not be sure what they're they're playing. I tell you, though, on the other side, we're talking about cornerbacks. Uh, Cam Taylor-Britt has looked really good this year and getting better. And you and I, he's coming out of Nebraska, and we both said, I don't know. Like, he could be really good, but neither of us – sometimes there's prospects. You're like, I just don't know. Like, they have certain skills – but there was just one. We always had trouble drafting him. And when we would he do really our mocks, did. he would always slip for us because we just didn't know. And when the Bengals took him, we're like, well, they do need a corner. He may have been the best on the we, – we just had no idea. But he's looking really good and really stepping up uh, with injuries they're having in the secondary as well. Yeah, good for them mm-hmm. they need it. Yeah. Um, other notable things, um, I mean, Joe Burrow – 
it's still it's just not long distance stuff. I mean, he looks like he can move in the pocket. It doesn't looks look like the better. calf is bothering him. But twenty four for thirty five for one hundred eighty five yards, two touchdowns, interception is not great. He took three sacks in this game. Um, Joe Mixon twelve for thirty eight, abysmal. I, he is boy. He just fell off a cliff so fast. He did. Yeah, he did. And, and I, I I think though, just. Again, I, I didn't get to see a lot of the plays of the game, but I saw I saw a fair amount. It felt like Burrow. <laughs> it felt like he looked like his his processing is there. His he was getting it back. I feel like he's like a week away from making a big yeah from making a full time return. You know what I yeah. mean? From like, I mean, he had a great game last week. Uh, he reverted a little this week, but still seventeen points against a really good defense. Um, yeah, I think I think next week. I mean, he obviously has his, his report with Chase, uh, Jamar Chase back, and he had uh, six receptions for eighty yards. Uh, Boyd had another seven for thirty eight and a touchdown. So that I, he's spreading the ball around. He's making good plays. He just he couldn't. I mean, you're right. He wasn't throwing the deep ball, and I mean, he's not exactly mobile anyway. So, uh, but I think he'll be back. I think he's a he's a week or two away from being old school Joe Burrow, and I think the second half of the season. They're going to have a way different season. Yeah, for the well, better. they get they're going to the bye this week, which was kind of what they were trying to do. They were trying to they wanted to when he got injured. Like, all right, if we can go two for two for the next couple of games, then we'll be okay because he got so injured during the Ravens game. I mean, they they went three of the four. They only lost to the Titans in a very weird game where he looked the most injured. So they go into the bye, but then they have to play the 49ers and the Bills, then Texans, Ravens, Steelers, Jags. So they've got. It's a kind of a smattering of games. some yeah. winnable ones, but some really tough ones too. So yeah, I, I'm with you though. I think they're going to end up looking like a very different team after the bye. Um, the other thing when we were talking about Cam Taylor Britt, man played so well. DK Metcalf basically just tossed him, uh, just frustrated him so bad, which is not something new for DK Metcalf. He can be apparently a great guy with the fans and like off the field, yeah. but can be a poor sport and. Hey man, that's a 15-yard penalty. You're going to get your team in trouble. You're not helping things. And when you lose a game by four points, that 15-yard penalty could have meant a lot. And so he he's got to get better at that. Absolutely. He he is he is too old to be doing that now. People kind of gave he him He was hopping online and badmouthing his quarterback last year and the year before, remember? Yeah. And his and his OC. He's like, "They know what plays you're going to play." Like he was like hopping on the radio to air out grievances immediately after the games. That was that was a bad look. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, Geno Smith, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, three hundred twenty-three yards. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, the Bengals' defense, though, they're looking better. I, the, they are looking like they're starting to gel, and so watch out for them going forward. Seahawks have got to figure out something. I think they probably move on from Geno Smith after this year, though. What about DK? I think he's a free agent. I think he he, he and Tyler Lockett right? both are. I think. They yeah. probably let Lockett go just because I think he'll be 30 going into next season. I'll, I'll, let me look and yeah. see. But um, Smith and Nigma can step up. Yeah. And, and I feel like those two run will do very similar things. DK Metcalf is going to be your ex, kind of take the top off. And uh, Jordan Addison, or I'm sorry, Jackson Smith and Jigba will be more of the, the Z that kind of goes across the middle. So I, that's probably what I think they end up doing. Next is 49ers at the Browns. The Browns are getting seven whole points. The owner is 37 and a half, 
We both took 49ers and over on this. I got the lock. We no both Deshaun made solid Watson. picks. Yeah, no Deshaun <laughs> Watson. I thought they were going to come out with, uh, oh, I can't remember. 40-point lead? Well, no, with, <laughs> with the, the guys, Dorian Thompson, yep. et cetera. Uh, yeah. But P.J. Walker, Houston XFL legend, comes in, plays a terrible game, but they still win. I tell you, with Christian McCaffrey being injured and losing Debo Samuel, this team looked very, very different. And Brock Purdy looked like a six-round pick. Yeah. Yeah, 12 for <laughs> he, 27, he, 125 yards, he, touchdown mm-hmm. interception for Brock Purdy. Now, to be fair, this is one of the best defenses in a long time, uh, much less in the NFL this year. So yeah. the their defense is insanely good. It is. So, I mean, to lose your two best weapons against this defense, like it wasn't going to go well anyway. And Brock Purdy, he led a he led a drive to win the game. I mean, that drive was really well done. Uh, coming all the way downfield to, to kick the field goal to win when they were down by two, and their kicker just whiffed it. <laughs> so Purdy did enough to win the game. But... With Watson out, I really expected their defense to be able to do way more than that against yeah. the Browns. I mean, the defense was disappointing, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. That's too bad. Especially since we have their draft pick. I really need them to lose that game. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move. Oh, we, no, we still have lots to talk about that one. Jerome Ford getting the lead share of the carries. I was kind of interested how that was going to happen. I traded him away not too long ago because I thought yeah. – you know, he, he did not look good. 17 for 84 from him. Kareem Hunt, 12 for 47 and a touchdown on the ground. Yeah, P.J. Walker, 18 for 34, 192 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. This was a defensive game. It came down to the kickers. The Browns marched down, got their kicker in place, and the 49ers, they come down. And was that Jake Moody? Yeah, Jake Moody, it who was, was a third-round pick uh, this year out of Michigan. One for three on field goals, just barely whiffs at the very end of that, and they lose the game. That's a tough one for a young man to come back on. That's that's going to be a hard. That's why I almost think it's like a horrible idea to draft or kick it that early, just because, like, it's a mental game, and now you've immediately put tons of pressure on them because they're an early pick. Like, it didn't work out with that dude for the Bucks either. Like, yeah. yeah. Granted, that was a second round pick, but still, like. I think fifth round is the earliest you draft a kicker. Like, but what's crazy just, is that guy it, too much pressure. that the Bucks drafted like had never. I think he was something like he missed one field goal his entire NFL or college career, and that's just. I mean, if you can get a kicker yeah. that can consistently kick, I mean, look in this case, you win the. It, it can win you games. Like you think about how often if you have an, a kicker that is automatic, like if you knew what you were going to get from say. Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Was with the Patriots and the Colts for the longest time. Adam Vinatieri. Like if you like if you get a prospect like that that comes out and you know you can get a kicker that good, what? Where do you draft him? Well, not in the third. <laughs> I mean, if you get a guy that's Mo- it didn't work out for Moody. No, but I'm saying if you if you if you started getting like Grammatica or Vinatieri, I'm trying to think of other really good kickers. Like if you can get someone, Grammatica. Yeah, if you can get guys of that caliber, how important is that to a team to be able to to know that you can send a guy out there and he's going to hit? He, you know, a Justin Tucker. If you can get how much? If you were to do a draft and Justin Tucker's coming out and you know what kind of kicker he is, where would you draft him? Look, he's worth the first round pick if you know he's going to be Justin Tucker, but. 
Well, that's you what don't. I'm saying. I'm trying to figure out what the, the ceiling early, is on that then. So and, you would pay a first for Justin Tucker? I mean, if you knew, again, if you knew who he was going to be before it ever started, like, and you think about how many games Justin Tucker won for the Ravens mm-hmm. over his career so far. I mean, it's been a dozen that were because of his leg. Yeah. So he's arguably one of the most important players on their team. And yeah, I mean, he's worth it. But the thing is, like I'm saying, like, if you, if you spend that, I mean, so much of this game is mental for these guys. I mean, you see these kickers. They're they're really great on a team. Suddenly they go to poop, right? And they can't they can't fix it. They trade them to a new team, they get a new change of scenery, boom, they're they're kicking great field goals again. They were just it was in their head. And so that's why I'm worried. Like the, if you did draft him with the first round pick, second round pick, even the third round pick, you're putting mountains of pressure on a rookie kicker, yeah, which is potentially harmful to the development versus just, I mean, I mean I, how is, but how is that kicker, different? Like, I, I would say the mental and confidence is so key in all sports, but you know, shooting a basketball is a, is like a ton of confidence, at least half of it. If you're taking all these other players first round who are able to come in and play, <laughs> And I don't want to go down this this road too much further it's, because it's it's more it's it becomes yeah. subjective at a certain point. It does. I'm just saying, like, but like, even in basketball, imagine if you only got three shots a game. <laughs> imagine how important consistency would be. But yeah. I, I'm with you. It's it's tough. But yeah, Mo- you know, Moody, uh, he missed it. He screwed up. I, I I mean, I agree with you. I the importance of the position. I don't blame him for the pick. Um, but yeah, I I feel bad for Moody. I hope he can snap out of this and, and shake this one off and keep going. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, they need it. And yeah, if, you don't want to see any. If any McCaffrey's out for a while, they're really Which it looks it. like it could be. Uh, Devo Samuel could be out for a while. And on the other side, it looks like Deshaun Watson could actually be out longer because his is his shoulders apparently still giving him issues. They said several more weeks Yeah, were the words I heard. So, Which is wild seeing as how he was cleared not that long ago. Well, they – okay, so – they believed at first that he had, he had a, sh- it was a shoulder injury. It was like a strained shoulder. They thought it was hurt. They did it. They did a deeper look at it. And it turns out he has a deep contusion in his rotator cuff. Yeah. Um, that's really important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On a throwing shoulder. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a good chance he misses five, six games. Yeah. Uh, to- in total. He's missed two already. I think he misses probably three more games. Yeah, uh, and I bet he fights his way back into it after that. Yeah, you could be right. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see because they are they're three and two now. They play the Colts, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals the next three weeks, which could all all should be wins. Honestly, Seahawks I think will be the other one that might give them issues depending on the health of that team. But the, it's no there's no reason they couldn't come out of that six and two. Um, and then they got Ravens, sure. Steelers, Broncos. I mean, they could lose the Ravens and still beat the others. Then the Rams, the Jags, the Bears, the Texans. The and they play the Jets and the Bengals at the end of the season. That could be with Aaron Rodgers. That could be with a rolling Bengals and Joe Burrow. But I mean, the rest of those are very, very. This is a very, very winnable schedule for them. That's true. I think I had him at 10 wins. Just I think you season. did too. Yeah, I think you had them yeah. winning the division. I think I had the Steelers. Boy, they just kind of fell apart. I still do. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, moving on. Colts at the Jags. The Colts are getting four points. The over-under is 45 and a half. We both took the Jags on this one. I made it one of my solid picks. The Jags are just starting to roll. Um, the Colts are, are are not. Now, they're playing better with Gardner Minshew now than they were with Anthony Richardson. Don't read too much into that about the future or for Anthony Richardson. He got hurt or say came out and said he's probably going to be done for the rest of the season. There's no reason to get him injured. You've got nothing to prove at this point. you still got to get uh, Jonathan Taylor rolling, which they're, it seems they're easing him into. Uh, final score of this one, 20-37. to 37, The Jags whooped them up. T- Colts would have needed 17 points. Total score is 57, so it's over. Um, to me, the big part of that team, though, right now, because we know it's going to be Minshew, right? Yeah. Uh, you got to work Jonathan Taylor in, but it's like, do you? Because Zach Moss has been playing really well. Yeah. Uh, now, now, granted, this week wasn't his best, but he did get seven, uh, six catches for 38 yards. But uh, so it looks like in this game, Taylor, it kind of became a 50 50 deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I think Zach Moss is a really good running back. I think they I think they found themselves maybe a tandem. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah. I think you could use both of these guys. But it, and but Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor has skill sets that almost no running backs have. There's maybe five guys in the league that are the same echelon as Jonathan Taylor as a running back. But it's going to he hasn't played he he's played half a game really out of the five and then now another half out of the six. So he's played maybe one total game. And it's just going to take him time to get into football shape. And I I think at some point right now it's kind of 1A 1B with the two. Eventually it's going to be Jonathan Taylor I think is the lead back, but Zach Moss, I, I'm with you though. That is a that would be a great tandem. He's played really well. I tell you, between Zach Moss doing so well with the Colts and Devin Singletary looking so much better as a complimentary back in Houston, despite their offensive line struggles, that really goes to show going. what is the Bills <laughs> what are the Bills doing with running game? Like it's just been terrible. I've been telling you this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I've been saying this for years. Like it's. It's weird. Now, I, I'll admit, I was a little more annoyed than you were that I felt like they weren't putting enough resources into trying to fix that problem. Like, there was rumors that they were going to try to trade for McCaffrey, but then they didn't make an official offer. There were rumors that they were going after Jonathan Taylor, and they didn't put in a full offer. Uh, I kept thinking there's first and second round running backs that are falling to them, and they're ignoring them. Uh, they did get Osiris Torrance five. to improve that running the, the run game yes. on their offensive line, though. That that guy's a pure, yeah, for sure. run, you know, run blocking guard. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just mean as far as the the running back themselves, like I kept thinking, wh- why aren't they putting more, you know, into it? Like we were really upset they didn't get Clyde edwards hilaire that one year. Yeah. <laughs> and now that turns out okay. Yeah, for <laughs> the right, best. That's fine. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I agree with you. It, it is odd that it just appears to be just not much of a running game uh, being a priority. But um, I mean. Singletary had 800 yards last year, so it's not like they did nothing. But I, it is surprising that they don't put the balls in their in a running back hands a little bit more. Yeah. Um, on the Jacksonville side, Trevor Lawrence, 20 for 30, 181 yards, two touchdowns, interception. Etienne continuing to have a great season, 18 for 55, two touchdowns on the ground, another three for 28 through the air. Britton Strange, boy. Two for 27 for a touchdown. I know that's not much, but that's that new tight end that they got that they like a lot. And they thought they yep. were going to lose Evan Ingram to free agency. They were able to come up you know, to a, to a contract. But keep an eye on him. I, we, You and I 
thought he was an interesting kind of deep take later. Um, yep. And if yeah. I, I could see Evan Ingram, I think they could probably move out of that contract in two years, but they've got a ton of offensive weapons moving forward. Calvin Ridley, so up and down. He's had two good games uh, mm-hmm. out of the six, four for 30 through the air on this one. And I, I don't know who was covering him, if it's getting more, but they, I, they culturally don't have a secondary that scares me that should be locking down Calvin Ridley. Although I'll say the mm-hmm. Jags, dude, the Jags secondary is getting better and better. Uh, Tyson Campbell, we knew, was solid going into this. He's hurt in this game. Um, so they had, uh, was it Darius Williams that was playing so well for them? Yeah, yeah, but it's more, it's not that he, he, he wasn't playing well. He was playing well. But in my opinion, the pass rush, like Josh Allen was playing really well. And the last game he played extremely well. This game, he still played really well. You only see, like, one sack and one tackle for loss and a forced fumble on the stat sheet. But uh, he was in the quarterback's face constantly, constantly. Uh, and he's in a contract year. So, you know, I'm always I'm always weary of the guys that only perform in a contract year. But uh, he has been playing really, really, really good football this year. Along so with I think Andre Sisco, the lot. safety. the sa- Andre Sisco, the third-round pick last year, has mm-hmm. been playing really well for them, too. I mean, good for them. They're adding some I stuff. I think some of that stems from the pass rush finally doing something. Yeah. And forcing some errant throws, you know what I mean? And throwing some uh, throws under pressure. I feel like that's opening things up for the secondary, and that's really what they've been lacking. I mean, uh, Kavon Chason actually got a sack and a tackle for loss as well. He was in the backfield a lot. There were a couple other guys that combined for sacks. It just, I don't know. I, Trevon Walker, was that his first sack? <laughs> he got a half sack. Yeah. Was that his first sack? Yeah, does he have half a sack on the year? <laughs> so, oof, that was a that was a whiff of a kick. But, uh, but yeah, man. So that's I don't know. I, I feel like their pass rush is what's going to make or break them because they have good but not great players in the secondary. But good players need a pass rush to make things to allow them to be opportunistic. Yeah. And so, yeah. Hopefully, well, I hope they don't continue it. But for their sake. I hope they continue it. <laughs> yeah, so um, you were asking Trayvon Walker, Sachs, he's two and a half so far for the season. Okay, well, that's not bad. That's no, bad. it's not bad. Okay. And this yeah, defense seems like it's getting better. I think the Jags are starting to get back to where mm-hmm. they were towards the end of last season. This might be a team that just starts off slow every year. I mean, the Bengals do the same. They always start off slow as well. So it could be something along those lines. Moving well, I think on. I Etienne on that offense. Too. Do what now? He's- I think Etienne is the key on that offense, too. Because, I mean, like you said, it, uh, Trevor Lawrence, 20 for 30 for 181 yards. Like, it's not dynamic, but he's but he's, but he's he's good. But, uh, my God, that rushing game, they were tearing well, it Calvin up. Calvin Ridley being so bad, I think, is what's really kind of hindering the, the passing game. Because I think it's the yeah. plan. What They traded for that a good amount for him. He's coming in. Now yeah. he's a little rusty. He hadn't played in uh, almost yeah, a year and a half. Say. So it might just take a while. But... Uh, yeah, once he starts growing, and that'll probably happen at the end of the year, I think he'll start going. Next up is Saints at the Texans. The Texans are getting one whole point. The over-under is 42. Uh, I took the Saints and over on this. You took Texans and over. Neither of us really wanted to bet this one because I thought it would be a, a good game yeah. and a close game, and it was. Um, uh, yeah. The final score, Texans end up winning 20-13, to 13, so the Saints would have needed seven points. The total score is 33, so it was under 
Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I actually thought it, it would be forty two was already so low. I thought it would be at least a little bit more than that. But uh, I only got to see a little bit. I got to see Dalton Schultz's touchdown in this game. C.J. Stroud throws his first interception. Uh, 13 for 27 for 199 yards, two touchdowns, interception for him. That Saints defense is tough. That is a tough defense with a really good secondary, so they're going to struggle. It is. And, and I, I of note, too, though, is that, and I've always thought they need to do something on the stat sheet to, to make up for this, um, like maybe completed air yards or something weird like that. But uh, of those 13 passes, you know, saying 14 were incomplete, four were beautiful passes that were downfield and pass interference calls called because they they pulled the receiver down uh, or he would have caught it. Yeah. So it kind of paints a weirder picture, but realistically, he moved the ball through the air like 240 yards. Does that make sense? Yeah. This is 199. So it's 50 yards of pass interference movement that went forward because he threw a perfect ball, but somebody just absolutely tackled our receiver prior to the ball getting there. Um, so, and, and, and some of that was in the key, uh, in the second half because they were trying to run the clock out and it was third down and he was able to pull those penalties from those great shots. So, um, I think that was, that's part of the story that needs to be told. The other one is the, the, the luck of his first interception. I mean, everybody is worried about this being over his head and, oh, he's just, he's, he's all he's going to worry about that. He hasn't thrown a pick. Well, he throws a pick pretty early in the in the game and like i'm gonna say a second drive and a bad one too that was a bad like it, the, <clears throat> it was I, a bad one he, yeah. i don't know what he was trying to do he's trying to drop it and zone nope. coverage yeah. between four defenders i don't yeah it, it was a weird one it was it was a very poor call yeah <laughs> and it was a uh yeah it was a bad interception but my god uh nico collins chased the dude down knocked the ball out get, get through the old peanut punch and knocked the ball out, and uh, Titus Howard jumped on it. So we, we got the ball back yeah. in the same play as the interception, first down Texans. Uh, so that was huge. But what I loved about it and seeing the Texans today versus the Texans of the last 15 years is he immediately shrugged it off through uh, and completed four more plays for a touchdown. Uh, and and scored on that drive, so it didn't shake him up at all. If anything, that kind of I might have kind of like got the juices flowing. Yeah, uh, exactly. So that so that's what it got his the competitive juices, if you will. Yeah, and so loved to see that aspect of it. One, the team fighting to get the ball back. Two, him being able to shrug it off and keep playing from that point forward and, and not not miss a beat. So that was that was fantastic. Uh, also. The usages of uh, of Dalton Schultz were great. Uh, George Fant is still a liability on that right side. Yeah, uh, he is a huge liability. I, I get them wanting to pass protect, uh, but once uh, Juice Scruggs is back, uh, probably after the bye week, they've got to kick Patterson the left guard, let Juice play center, and kick Howard back to right tackle because yeah. it's really affecting the running game. Now, yeah. people have been saying Davy Pierce has not been playing that well, and they're not totally wrong. He has left some yards on the field, but in this game, they were only using him as a battering ram through the middle. So his yards per carry was awful, but he's getting contact behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> and is pushing through another two yards. Anytime it was second and one, third and one, fourth and one, he was just a battering ram. Whereas Devin Singletary, they were kicking outside, so he was able to get uh, be a true change of pace back. So uh, I liked the use of the running backs more this game. 
uh, and and it showed they got a hundred and something yards. And uh, uh, the defense, the defense did a really great job. Um, Will Anderson was playing out of his mind. Malik Collins, Trevor, yeah, time. I thought he was gonna. I thought he that he would do a little. Will Anderson would do a little bit. I, I'm. I know he's kind of like he's been bringing pressure, hasn't gotten the sacks, but Trevor Pinning is really terrible, and so I thought he would be able to do a little bit more of from him. But Blake Cashman was actually the yeah. star. Fifteen total tackles for him. Well, so interestingly, uh, Will Anderson was the third this week in pass rush win rate, uh, and he was second in the entire NFL for uh, double teams. <laughs> Uh, so he had a he had a rush pass Trevor Pinning and uh, a sixth O lineman or a, or a tight end every play, and he also had twelve percent of his plays where there was a third blocker trying to stop him. So he was trying to fight through two to three people per play to get to the quarterback. Uh, so it kind of cracked me up. But yeah, that and still was insanely explosive and to the point where I'll try to send you this one video. And I wish I hope everybody can pull it up of him taking out uh, Alvin Kamara on a third down. They, they hand off to him. And, I mean, the ball goes in Kamara's hands, and then his whole body is moved sideways six yards from a flying missile of Will Anderson, <laughs> just destroying him to the point that I didn't know if Kamara was going to come out of the game. So, uh, yeah, I, the defense is playing really well. They need a little – they need a better interior defensive pass rush. Um, if they could get that going, that would flush the quarterback more towards Grenard and, and Will Anderson, who are just quite literally a quarter of a second away from like 10 sacks a game extra. Like <laughs> It's just crazy how close they are. So the, they're going to get there, and, pro- and definitely next year he's going to get there as he develops another move or two. But my God, uh, they're just there's one little step away from being just absolutely dominant on yeah. that defense. Uh, we had one prop bet from this one: C.J. Stroud over under half an interception. So either he throws uh, throws <laughs> one or doesn't. And I called it. I called his first interception of the season. I took the over. Uh, that's a I good secondary. <laughs> and yeah, he <laughs> he got it. So I got the prop bet on that one. Let's I, I was really w- hoping you'd go under on that. <laughs> yeah, I know you were. Because I knew he was going to throw his first pick in this one. But oh well. Let's move on to the Patriots at the Raiders. The Patriots are getting three points. The oh. over-under is 41.5. Neither one of us wanted to bet this one either. The, I took Patriots and under. You took Raiders and under. But this was... The Patriots are god-awful. Like, that offense is so horrendous. The only thing that kept them in games was the defense was so good, but they lost two of their best defenders. And the Raiders are just really bad. Jeremy Garoppolo gets hurt in this one. Brian Hoyer has to come in and play. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this game or either of these two teams because they're both... This is bad. This is really bad. I think Mac Jones I'd will rather... probably get traded before the end of the year because he really? seems to have... A, well, okay. he and Bill Belichick seem to have a lot of issues. He gets he's been getting benched a lot and they'll bring in Bailey Zappi or somebody stop not being Tom Brady uh, yeah but that's <laughs> basically can't. what it is is look we yeah. always wondered for years is it Brady is it Belichick it was both it was the fact that you had one of the greatest defensive minds to ever play uh, or to ever be coach be around and be there and take care of that defense and you had Tom Brady one of the greatest offensive minds to be the quarterback and lead that offense and now that Brady's gone the defense can still play but the offense is Horrible, 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 horrible. 
and on the other side for the the Raiders, if Josh if the owner wasn't you know wasn't the and I say this very I mean with some perspective the poorest owner in the league, they would have gotten rid of Josh McDaniels after the first year with how bad he is. Agreed. And uh, as bad as I didn't want to bet this game, I'd rather bet it than watch it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was it was horrendous. I bet you I don't then watch had, it. Yeah, I think Garoppolo got hurt. We got the Brian Hoyer show. Um, who was fine? He was Brian Hoyer. Uh, six of ten yards and 100. I'm sorry, six of ten for completions and 102 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. That's about Brian Hoyer. Yeah. Um, completely immobile. <laughs> three rushes for negative three yards. That's Brian Hoyer. <laughs> so uh, I think the big one that was interesting to me is that Michael Mayer uh, led the league, or led the, sorry, led the team in receiving 75 yards. That was, uh, you know, for rookie tight end, awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's going to be see. good. He's a plug. He was a plug yeah. and play player. He, he's ready to go. He they really just was. don't have a good team. Did you see yeah, Mac Jones's interception in this game? Uh, no, I don't think I it, did. It was bad. He's rolling out to the right, has a wide open man. I, I think it was, it was a tight end. I don't, it might've been Hunter Henry. Gisecki. It might've been Gisecki. Um, but wide open, he's like waving his hands, throw the ball to me. I would like the ball, please let me the ball. <laughs> and he throws it, o- overthrows it so bad and throws it right to the defender. It was, mm. and Mac Jones mm. needs to not be for the page. It's best for the, for Mac Jones. If he goes somewhere else, I don't think he's fantastic. But I think, I mean, if you put him on the Falcons, they might be able to win that division because he's he's he can at least be a game manager and you at least have to respect that he can throw it. He's Brock Purdy. Mac Jones and Brock Purdy are, are the same person. I, I wasn't very uh, convincing, though, for you to tell me this right after you tell me that he just completely overthrew a wide-open tight end. Yeah. But I know what you're I saying. Think he, I, I think he's frustrated with that team. I, I, I think a lot of players... It, are frustrated with Bill Belichick. And what it's going to come down to is how much did that dynasty, how much juice did that buy him to stay around with the Patriots before they have to move on? And I, we've talked about this before. I think what they're going to do is, look, we got to bring in a GM. It's just too much now. You tell them what you want, but we got to do a GM. And if he balks at that, maybe it's time to move to separate. But if they bring in a GM and he's still not able to, then I, I mean, at some point you got to move on from him. He's getting older. It may be time for him to retire, but it's it's getting it's getting so bad. I'll tell you, more so than the Falcons, and I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, but I feel like now they would have to add a wide receiver. But I feel like the Patriots may not be the it might be the best spot for Kirk Cousins uh, and for the no Patriots no to, spot to is the best spot for a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. the The Patriots is the is not a good spot for any quarterback. I I think they need a veteran who can who can throw the ball deep, not create too many turnovers, uh, and and allow the defense to to win the games for him. I mean, he's but he doesn't uh, I, have the weapons he does with the Vikings. I mean, he would have no, the worst just, weapons he's ever had. He he would need he would need another he would need a new weapon. He would need his tight ends are really great. The tight ends they have are great. Yeah, uh, I like their running back, but they need they need a, it's better than anything Madison. Uh, but no, they for sure would have to first round pick draft a stellar wide receiver. Yeah. That would be a, a mandate. But let's move anyway. on. That game right. makes me sad. Yeah, uh, a divisional game: Cardinals at the Rams. Cardinals getting a whopping seven points. The over under is forty eight and a half. I took the Rams and under on this one. You took the Cards and under. 
the Rams are progressively getting better. They got Cooper they Cup back, and it, now it's it's really hard to stop that team. When you give Sean McVay at least two good receivers, especially if you give him three, he he, he will perform. Like that's what that's what his offense is built for. He doesn't really use tight ends. He likes to run it if he can, but he doesn't have to. And so you know that's. Pukanakua, now that I got him on my fantasy. Uh, well, I mean, you knew Cooper <laughs> Cup was going to eat into some of that, and I think Puka will still have some pretty good games. But uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, that Kieran was just going to happen. Kieran Williams was the player of the game, though. 20, 20 rushes, hundred fifty-eight yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he was a monster on the field. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Cup as well. I mean, seven catches, hundred forty-eight yards. Yeah. And a touchdown. So the offense was two minutes. <laughs> uh, in this game, and uh, they're they were fantastic. And I, I mean, Karen Williams is heading towards elite status, is he not? Like, when's too early to say we got to see more first? Because um, he's just playing yeah. better and better and better and better every game. Yeah, like, that offensive uh, line keeps getting better and better every game too. People don't give them enough credit. Agreed. Yep, they have. They actually, the Cardinals. The Rams and the Texans uh, have the most snaps by far of any team uh, for for rookie snaps, yeah. and all three of them are doing some good things with the rookies. Rams and the Texans more so than the Cards, uh, but uh, but the Rams. I mean, for a guy that said f them picks for so long, he's do- they did good things with those picks. Yeah, I'd like <laughs> to see year. them with ac- so. with actual picks. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe get them picks. Yeah. Uh, final <laughs> score see, yeah. is twenty six to nine. So the Cardinals would have needed seventeen points to cover. Total score is thirty five. So it was under. So I got both of those. Um, yeah, the Cardinals bless their heart. I mean, that's that's going to be kind of the, their theme of the season is bless their heart because they're trying. I mean, they're doing the most with what they've got, and I, they're going to be really interesting to watch in the next two years because kind of how we were saying, no, you guys. The, the Texans are going to build something. We were saying that going to the offseason with D'Amico and all that. That They've got a coach. They're going to get – we'll see if they stick with Kyler if they go with someone else, but they've got picks. They've got some capital. They've got a few players that can play. I tell you what, Michael Wilson's going to be really good, as is Trey McBride. And this is going to be an here's, interesting team going forward. Here's something I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch even just the next two weeks as we're getting towards the, the trade deadline. Uh, Kyle Murray to the Falcons. Hmm. I want to see how that works because yeah. he is healthy now. They said he's ready to play. They're just not letting him. <laughs> uh, could that be partly because they're? Uh, uh, it's obviously partly because they're tanking, but it could also be partly because they're uh, keeping him healthy for a trade. Uh, I I think so. I, I I think that the Falcons could make a ton of sense for Kyler Murray. Yeah. He's it, he, he's not elite. You know, we know that Kyle Murray has his issues, uh, but the the way that with the guy that mobile, with Bijan Robinson and the tight end that's as studly as he is, and a, and a, and he's got Drake London already, like that offense could instantly become scary. Uh, even though right now it's very pedestrian. Yeah. So uh, you know, and I think they have the cap room to handle that. So yeah, I I think that would be. I actually think that would be one of the most exciting things I could see for the rest of the season going forward. Is if I heard Kyler Murray to the Falcons, I would. I, I think the internet would break. Yeah, I. I don't. I am not as high on Kyler Murray as you are. I'm, I'm not that. I. I. My thing is, I think the Falcons with the 
15th to 17th best quarterback in the league would win almost every game. <laughs> but I'd rather have one that's consistent. Yeah. I'd rather have a Mac Jones or Brock Purdy with that team because that's all you need with all the other things they have. That's all you need. I want Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins there would get me excited, more so than Kyler Murray. I disagree. I, I Kyler Murray Kirk, gets Kirk, he, getting he, – he's so small, Andy. He's going to keep he getting so hurt. He's so small. But if he has these linebackers and everybody having to watch John Robinson and Tyler Algier, it's going to make his mobility – so much more deadly mm-hmm. and and his o-line there's better than any o-line he's had he's going to be able to actually get the ball downfield on quick routes to to kyle pitts and Jonu smith I, oh god i just I, I don't think he'd be throwing deep balls like crazy or anything i just think i think they would be a really really nightmare of an offense to try to defend yeah um but, all right. All right. let's move on eagles at the jets the jets getting seven points over under is 41 we both took the Eagles and under on this one, and we didn't want to bet it. Neither of us wanted to bet this one because it felt weird. The Jets' defense has been playing well. The Eagles' offense has kind of been sputtering lately. Um, but this was this was a wild game. 20-14, to 14, the Jets end up winning this one. Good for them. Uh, so Eagles needed six to, to cover this one, 34 mm-hmm. for the total points. Zach Wilson... I mean, not terrible. 19 for 33, 186 yards. Brees Hall was more the man. 12 for 39 and a touchdown on the ground. 5 for 54 through the air. Garrett Wilson, 8 for 90. And we kind of mentioned he was nicked up going in and out of the game. Twice, yeah. Yeah, this was going to be... I mean, you knew this was going to be a brutal game with these two defenses playing each other. Uh, The offensive line on the Eagles, we talked about Lane Johnson getting hurt and them just being nicked up. Jalen Hurts... Boy, the turnovers are what killed them. I mean, the Eagles, the Jets, give them credit for the defense playing really well. But the Eagles kind of beat themselves. Jalen Hurts, 28 for 45, 280 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Made me lose this week by three points in my my keeper league. Um, And then eight for 47 and a touchdown on the ground. A.J. Brown, seven for 131, just such a beast. But, yeah... uh, now they're de- now they're defeated. There was an undefeated team. I think the Lions are the only ones that are undefeated now. Is that right? Uh, think so. no. They're five no, they're and one undefeated. too. I'm sorry. They're five and they one. lost the first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So no undefeated teams. I, I think the Eagles will c- keep getting better. It's but it's taking a long time for that offense to kind of gel, which has got to make you nervous. Um, Jets, on the other hand, they're three and three, which is pretty impressive what they've gone through so far. Now they get to play the Giants, the Chargers, and the Raiders next for their next three games. That's got to make you feel pretty good. Then they come back and play the Bills. That's going to be rough. Dolphins going to be rough. Falcons will be probably easy. Texans, I mean, I think they'll be better by then, but I think that Jets defense is going to still be tough. Mm-hmm. And then you start hearing whispers of Aaron Rodgers coming back around that time. This is, I mean, there's not out of a wild card in the AFC. It's going to be tough, but they're not out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm not as I'm not as hopeful as you. No, uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not hopeful. I'm not really year, anything on it. I, it would be interesting to see yeah. Aaron Rodgers come back. They make the playoffs and to see what they could do this season with Aaron Rodgers. I, I just uh, want to see a piece do, of that. If they could do just enough, yeah, to make it into the wild card spot, and like you said, Rodgers comes in with two games to spare in the uh, season. Yeah, that would. That would be one of the most exciting things in sports. Yeah, is to see 
Aaron Rodgers coming back in time for the playoffs with that Jets team. My God, yeah, that would be that would be something to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's wild. I don't know if you if you haven't heard, there's reports coming out now that uh, Aaron Rodgers is progressing. Fa- He's already taking pregame snaps. Uh, they said there's a possibility he could be back for Week 14. They're saying it's they've never seen anything like it before. Uh, and for quarterbacks, now they do have to push off to throw. I don't remember which which Achilles it is. But if it's not his back foot, that does help because he's not pushing off that front foot, um, and he's not—he's not, not going to be making cuts and pushes as hard as like a, a running back or you know defensive end or something like that. But uh, that's still yeah, huge I mean, to have that kind of injury. He's pretty mobile for for an old man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that would be that would be extremely exciting football to watch. Yeah. Uh, next is Lions at the Bucks. The Bucks were getting three points. The over-under is 43.5. We both took Lions and over on this one. You made it your lock. We both made our solid picks. I wish I would have made it my lock. The Bucks are not a bad team. And the fact that the Lions are so good and it was just 20-6 to six really shows you something. Um, they This one was a tough one. That Lions defense is really good. And while the Bucks have a good defense, their offense is going to beat mediocre to bad teams and struggle against good teams. And right now, this Lions team might be one of the best in the NFL. It is. <laughs> no, you're yeah. you're not wrong. It, it it is one of the best in the NFL. They they're they're a scary team and now they've got guys like Jamison Williams making a big play, 45-yard touchdown at the end of the game there. Uh Sam LaPorta is still playing really well. He did have he, only four catches on 11 he, targets. He's nicked week. up. They didn't even know if he was going to mm-hmm. play this game. I think he's got a calf issue. And so they weren't even sure if he was going to play this one. It was kind of coming down too close and they thought he would. So Probably I should sit him. Yeah, maybe. I mean, a healthy Sam Laporta is still better than, I mean, I'll, I'll look and see who their backup is. But a, a, you, you know, mean an injured Laporta is better uh, yeah, than Yeah, I'm sorry. 50, yeah, 50%, per, 50% of Sam Laporta <laughs> is still better than Brock Wright. So yeah, but he dropped seven of eleven passes. Yeah, well, didn't didn't drop him. He just didn't connect. But, yeah, uh, I mean, it still targeted him eleven Ross, times. Yeah, and yeah, only four connected. Uh, Amon brought uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, him being back, yeah, that's that's huge. And, and with Jamison Williams uh, starting to get just a little bit more touches each game now, uh, I think that uh, I think you can afford to let Laporta sit next week and just uh, you know. Let him heal up, and because you need him for yeah. the long haul, he's he's too important to that offense right now. So they have the Ravens next week, though. Oof, that's yeah, but they have the game. Raiders the week after, and you could probably sit your entire starting. Yeah, <laughs> Raiders, Chargers, Bears. Uh, I mean, that's basically like getting bye weeks. It really is. Well, we got one more game to talk about, and it's gross. Or no, we got two more, but I do want to just a quick thing, Jared Goff is killing it 30 for 44 353 yards mm-hmm. two touchdowns no interceptions just i mean they've got weapons but he's doing really well also david montgomery goes out this game and is injured they think he's expected to miss some time uh jameer gibbs will probably be back next week but it'll be jameer Giggs and craig reynolds likely so just something to keep an eye on next game yeah, look, as you're saying yep oh, oh sorry just to say did you see that the the average uh touch for the lines uh, running backs during this game, it's bad. One point ten, ten attempts for uh, Reynolds, one point five yards a carry. Six for Montgomery at two yard, just over two yards a carry. 
The third backup had three attempts for one point seven. Goff one point five. It's ugly. I mean, you're you're going up <laughs> again. You're you're running into Vita Vea. Vita Vea. Yeah, I mean yeah. the Bucks have a good the Bucks have a good defense. They have a defensive minded coach, um, and Mike Evans is still nicked up on that team. So don't sleep on the Bucks. Like if you're playing the Bucks, don't think it's it's easy or anything like that. Like you're they're gonna upset. They're gonna win a lot of games they shouldn't. Next up, Giants at the Bills. The Giants getting a whopping 14 points over under 44 and a half. We both took the Bills and under on this one. But the thing <laughs> about the Giants is they've been horrific, but their offensive line's been really injured all year. And they still kind of are. Andrew Thomas, I believe, came back, but is still nicked up. Um, and then John Michael Smith is nicked up but playing. But Mark Lewinsky, I think it, he, he is back. And so... They're starting to get some stuff. Um, Daniel Jones, though, injured on this one, uh, injured this game. So Tari Taylor plays 24 for 36, 200 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions, five for 24 on the ground. And then we get the return of Saquon Barkley. And I thought before the game, they're like, yeah, he's still having trouble cutting right, which is pretty, which is huge if you're a running back who's not an ambi turner. Uh, But they, they leaned into him 24 carries, 93 yards on the ground. Four for five through the air, um, and they end up just squeaking out a loss here, fourteen to nine. They lose. I mean, that's pretty. My favorite. That's that's a big thing if you're the Bills who are hemorrhaging injuries right now. Yeah, no, it is. And uh, my my favorite thing though from this game is the post game in New York. The talk of the radio shows is all about. Did Rod Taylor do enough to keep the job? <laughs> uh, yeah, they got they got nine points, <laughs> and people in New York are like, "Well, he's better." Yeah, he's don't don't bring Daniel Jones back because we got nine points to Rod Taylor. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not that's rough. Oof. That's, yeah, so. they've got a divisional game against the Commanders next week, and then they play the Jets defense. So they've got. They've, that's going to be a tough one. I mean, they're just going to pay three really good defenses in a row. Uh, I tell you what, though, if I'm the Bills, because we don't need to talk about the Giants anymore, they're 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 already on to next season. If I'm the Bills, I'm nervous. I'm four and two. My defense is getting incredibly injured. We're losing people. Um, Matt Milano being out is just big. Tre'Davious White being out is just gigantic. Like the. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the injuries, I think because they were kind of in the trajectory of being one of the, the best team in the league. I mean, hopefully they can get healthy by close to the end of the year in playoffs. But Milano's out for the season, I imagine. Travis White, I think, was his a, an Achilles or an ACL? I think it was an Achilles. Yeah. So that's huge when you're missing both those guys. That's yeah, going to be interesting absolutely. going forward. Let's see what the what the Bills are playing next. They've got the Patriots. That's a bye week. Uh, then the Bucks. <laughs> I tell you what, don't sleep on that uh, on the Bucks to beat them. They're playing in Buffalo, but I think the Bucks could give them a real run for their money on that one. Then the Bengals are going to be a tough out in Cincinnati. That, that I think they're going to struggle. They've got some tough ones. The Jets. That's a tough defense. They're going to have a return to that one. The Eagles will be tough. The Chiefs will be tough. The Cowboys. And then the Dolphins at the end of the year, they do not have an easy schedule. It's true. Yeah, no, you're, no, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not that not that excited about the Buffs, though. Like, it's just weird watching them. I feel like 
Josh Allen has kind of lost a step every time I watch a game with him. And yeah. maybe it could just be that he needs what I've said all offseason, another receiver. He needs another big receiver. Um, maybe that's all it is. But uh, he just, to me, when I watch him, I feel like he's just, whether it's like not running when he used to run or something, but it just feels like a guy who's just kind of lost a step when I watch him. He's, he's winning some games big. He's winning a few big for sure. But you could almost count on this guy being, you know, a, a huge elite quarterback every game. And, and nowadays, like, it's just, I see too many games like this where I'm like, wow, under, underwhelmed again. I wonder if it's the uh, loss of Dayball. Because he seems like he's kind of regressed every yes. year since then. So that could have you something to do with it. We have one more game to talk to. I know this has been a long episode, so we will get to that one now. Uh, the Cowboys at the Chargers. The Chargers getting two points. The over-under is 15.5. We both took the Chargers and under on this one. Cowboys also dealing with their own injuries. This was a... I didn't see... I was able to see the first half of the game because I was flying. But when I, as soon as I got home, I watched the fourth quarter. And this was... It, this was a great game up until the end. And a bad interception by Justin Herbert while getting tackled. Um, Stephon Gilmore comes and scoops it up. It, Quentin Johnson, I mean, he's right mm-hmm. there. He's zero for two targets. He's a first-round pick. You and I did not like him going into the season. We heard a bunch of stuff, good stuff about him coming in camp, but you know, you always hear a bunch of yeah. smokescreen just kind of build up a player's uh, ability. Yep. But with Mike Williams out, Quinton Johnson's to be feasting. And the fact that, A, they only targeted him twice, and B, he couldn't catch either of those. And uh, it didn't look – it looked like – I mean, Stephon Gilmore – is not near as big as Quentin Johnson, and he dipped right underneath him and pushed him, worked him out of the way to get that game-winning interception. I am yep. really worried if I'm the Chargers and this guy is not going to be able to catch the ball. This is true. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's a first-round pick. I mean, you got him just for the <laughs> off chance that they would lose one of their receivers this year. And I joke about off chance because they lose one every year. Uh, that's exactly what happens. So you need your first round pick to step up. And yeah, I mean, couldn't be doing any worse, like uh, other than just all kinds of fumbles on the catches he does get. So yeah, I, I'm very underwhelmed with Quinn Johnson and I hope for their sake, they can turn him into something, but it feels like our bird, our first, Guaranteed bust. Yeah, yeah. I'll wait another seat. Well, I want to see him with a different coaching staff because Staley is not going to be the head coach of the Chargers by the end of the season. That's I'd be interested true. to see. They might let him go and let Kellen Moore be the interim because there's always been a lot of thoughts that maybe mm-hmm. Kellen Moore, but he's you know he's a young guy still. Um, keep an eye on that for Kellen Moore to be the interim and then maybe end up the head coach for next for the you know the future. But Brandon sure. Staley is—he's gone. Like they're two and three with a loaded team, and I know Mike Williams is hurt. Mike Williams is always hurt. They—they uh, they have way too much talent here to be to be two and three in a division yeah. that's been this week. So agreed. That and you've got—I mean, your your window with Justin Herbert is kind of closing. Not that he's not closing like he's going to age out or anything, but you have to pay him, and I think that extension kicks in next year. Yeah, this offseason it'll have to. Yeah, you're, you're right. But. You're not going to be able to pay. I mean, Cleo Mack will be gone. Thank God that um, 
what's his name? Tui Latutu, Tuli Tupalutu. Looks like he's going to be awesome. But I mean, you're having to pay a lot of big names on that defense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rough. So, yeah, they're. Um, this was the season that there's blood in the water, and the division should be yours to take over. There's no excuse for the Chargers not to be first place right now because the Chiefs are playing not as great as normal. Uh, the Raiders and the Broncos are both bad. Um, you, you got a first round pick receiver to help for your. You know, you're constantly injured receivers. And yeah, this this should be their year that they're five and one and just rolling right about now. Yeah. But, uh, if not now, I, I can't see ever win. Yeah. Um, on the other side, Cowboys, look, the Chargers are not very good. Uh, the fact that it, this shouldn't have been this close of a game. Uh, the the loss of, Tredavi, uh, of Diggs is, it, I mean, it's evident. I mean, not being able to put him on Keelan is big. CeeDee Lamb, though, stepped up seven for 117. And then Brandon Cooks, that's your boy, four for 36 with a, with a great touchdown. Um, but D- Dak Prescott is, I mean, there's some games where he shows up. But for the most part, I don't have a lot of faith in him. 21 for 30, 272 nope. yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. This is this is a team that they should have. I mean, if you're going to beat them, it shouldn't have been this close. And they're really lucky they were able to pull this one out. I just I I know they're four and two, and the Cowboys are going to have some good wins this season. But I just I have no I don't trust them at all. Yeah, they started really strong, and, and now even their wins worry me a little. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i getting less and less confident in them. Uh, luckily for them, they're in a weak division. Because, uh, I mean, I think the commanders are good, but they're just not ready to take over. Giants are terrible. And the Eagles, kind of like the Chiefs, it's like these, they got all the bones for the, from the Super Bowl team, but they're it's just not connecting like it used to. And uh, there's there seems to be blood in the water if you're going to have to play the Eagles. That this year there is a chance. I mean, still really good, but they're beatable. Yeah, that is everything we have for this week. We'll be back on Thursday for our predictions for Week Seven of the NFL season. Until that time, may the ACLs be with you, and also with you. <laughs>